you don't know anything. That was eye-opening. I mean, my partner started in the cardiac ICU at a different hospital. Just hearing the stories that she had just set me up to, like, I have no ego. Like, I'm coming in here completely green and I don't know anything. That's like the biggest Ooh, thing. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan, they can't eat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cup of Nurses show with your hosts, Peter and Matt here. We are nurses on a mission to change the world one conversation at a time. So let's jump right in. If you find value in this show and want to join us on this mission, please share and review the show. It would mean everything to us. Cupofnurses.com for any info, updates, what are we up to, and all the merch releases. For our lifestyle podcast, check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. In this episode, we'd like to introduce you to one of our followers, James Hatano. James is a new grad nurse in a cardiac ICU at a level one trauma facility in Cleveland, Ohio. He's also a certified CrossFit coach and a baseball coach. Today, we will talk about his new grad experience and his transition into the cardiac ICU. My name is James Hatano. Um, I'm technically still a new grad nurse. I've been in the cardiac ICU in Cleveland, Ohio for coming up on a year in August. Um, just started nursing school out there and just trying to learn as much as I can in the ICU setting. Yeah, and your the BS in nursing that was um that was your second degree, right? You got another bachelor's. Um, I, I'm actually I only got an RN, okay. so I'm in uh, school right now for my bachelor's. So I mean, like we could talk about going through school while working full time as a new grad. Uh, my partner and I are going through it together right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, we just, her and I are living a crazy life right now. Okay. Are y'all in, in school together? Like do you go to the same classes or different, different schools? Yeah. So, yeah. So our bachelor's is all online. So luckily she kind of helps me get all the schoolwork done because I've already gone through school for so long and I'm so done, but she helps me big time for sure. Mm. And then you got another degree in, in exercise physiology, right? You were saying? So how yeah, how was that? Um, Why did you initially go into exercise physiology? Um, actually, uh, I always knew that I kind of wanted to be in like the medical field. Um, when I went to college, I just wanted to play college baseball. Mm. So I went to a junior college at first. And then when I transferred to Chico State, it's a little northern California town, uh, the counselors are basically like, you can either do kinesiology or we also have this bachelor's of science, which is um, exercise phys. So I'm at that point, I was just like, oh, just put me in whatever. And my prereqs kind of lined up more with ex phys. So the, the counselors just set me up with those classes. Hmm. And how did, tra- how did you transition into nursing? What sparked your interest? <laughs> nah. uh, so I took a gap year. Um, after I graduated, that's where I actually met my partner, Caitlin. Um, and she, after we graduated, she moved back to Ohio. She's originally from there and she was going for OT. Uh, she had to do some prereqs, but then her aunt, uh, talked her into nursing school. 
and then kind of things just lined up right and i was like might as well give this nursing thing a try and mm. next thing i know i'm in ohio <laughs> so what's the biggest difference between uh doing doing your degree for exercise physiology to nursing did you take anything away from it or did you incorporate some new steps just to make it flow better um i think like the x is stuff is just like understanding how the body works mm. so um going more like down into depth of like what's happening at the cellular level um, where nursing, I have found that it's, it's macro. So like you're dealing with the patient, you still have to understand like what's happening inside their body. Um, so I think the exodus stuff kind of just helps me understand or gives me a little leg up on like, okay, what's going on with the patient. Um, like down at the uh, micro level. Yeah, and I think physiology is important, especially working anything ICU where you have to understand a disease process of what do you, why are you doing specific tasks? Why are you giving albumin? Why is the fluid um, getting being, being given? Why are you giving D5 or you're trying to play, replace sodium? So that aspect, I'm sure it can help you tremendously when you have an interest in ICU. Yeah, and I nerd out with that kind of stuff anyways. Uh, our professor, Dr. A, I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but mm-hmm. shout out to him. He's yeah, like, we still talk about him uh, to this day. Like, he like honed in on like understanding the fundamentals. And I think that carried over to nursing as well, just understanding what is happening. And then, like, then you could start tacking on like the medications and the treatments and all that to kind of help with the treatment of the disease. Mm, yeah, it's, it's also cool how these, how when you have a, a good educator or a good professor, like they stick with you for, for your lifetime. I had a very intense pathophysiology teacher that I had, and she was like the most intense one. Everyone says that her class is even harder than nursing school, and it was, it was super hard. I barely passed that class, but the way she like drilled this information into our minds and, and made it sound so important that it almost made you want to study because you're like, oh crap, if I don't understand these, these basic, these fundamentals, how am I going to understand these bigger and, and, uh, wider concepts? Yeah. So yeah. Cause a lot of times we, we like look at our educators and we don't think much of them and we think that they never, they're never going to leave a mark on our lives, but it's crazy to see that some of them do like my pathways out teacher, I'll always remember. And then my psychology teacher, I will always remember as well, just because they were just so good at, at what they did. And they've taught me so much about life just, just by teaching me in, in school and in class. So what have you learned through nursing school? Have, has your time management gotten, gotten better? What's like the way to survive it? Uh, I mean, I really prioritize studying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked while I was in school, but um, once my partner, Caitlin, she graduated a year uh, ahead of me. Once she finished school, um, she kind of helped me out big time with kind of taking on the financial side letting me focus on the schoolwork. And um, I only worked maybe one or two shifts. I was an aide, mm-hmm. um, one or two shifts a week on the weekends. So um, that was a big help, but definitely time management. Sleep was a huge thing for me. Like I prior, I listened to a book, uh, it's called like Why We Sleep. Um, and it completely switched how I thought about sleep where before, in my first degree, I was pulling all-nighters, just trying to like jam as much into my head as possible. But sleep was huge. Um, and then just the fact that like nursing school is so hard, 
like you you just have to stay on top of everything definitely and even organization i've i've realized when i was in school the syllabuses can do one thing you can be your teachers can be organized but if you're not this is not high school high school you could come in every single day and ask a question like what's due or what's the scoop here you have to really be accountable for yourself to finish this degree yeah you can't slack once you start slacking on one thing it all just starts to go go downhill especially because there's only, only four exams or some people have five and if you don't do good on one you're already starting at a negative and you're just playing catch up the, the, the whole way there yeah i started like grabbing a, a planner i have mine right here it's just i mean that still carries over into like working in the hospital now like I plan out my shifts a little bit and then like what I'm going to be doing in between those days, like just like normal person, like people stuff that we have to do, like paying bills and all that. Mm. I have like the calendar is a huge uh, aspect of my life now. Nursing school has, has showed me the importance of staying on top of things and, and, uh, and also show me the results of your hard work. That's probably like my biggest takeaway from nursing school because I feel like a lot of stuff that we learn from nursing school, like the nursing stuff, I feel like we lose because we go into like a specialty or go into ER and then we practice that for the next four or five years and we kind of lose majority of that theory, you could say. But I feel like we always have that life lesson uh, learned, especially because you had a cool instructor, that one Polish guy. Yeah, he still, he still sticks with me. And he just scared me because uh, he was both, we were both Polish. So I think he was hard on me for that reason. But, man, one time I gave Lovenox, not in the stomach, like in the arm, and that guy was just dead ass looking at me across the freaking patient's room. I'm just with the needle like, <laughs> oh, man, I made the mistake. And he pulled me and the nurse aside, give us a pep talk on why this was wrong. Why aren't you checking the damn guy? You know, it was a whole thing, man. Uh, good times. Um, but transitioning out of nursing school, did you jump right right away into cardiac ICU or did you do med surge as a new grad? Uh Definitely. I started out ICU. Um, like I said, I, I was an aide. I worked at a, a SNF skilled nursing facility, and like that made me not want med surge just because of the like the patient load. Even for like the nurses there, like I, they were always stressed out, like way too much. Just the med passes. But um, I started in the ICU. Uh, it was either ICU or ER for me. Um, I like the intensity. Um, and I, I'm a competitive person anyways, like from, uh, I play college baseball, uh, competitive crossfitter, uh, that, that like personality trait was just kind of, I feel like in me, um, I give props to the med surge nurses. I, I have a few friends that are in med surge and the, the stories that they have, like that, that takes a special person mm -hmm. too, man. 100% because we get floored all the time to med surge, telefloors. Uh, it's it's rough. It's rough. Uh, it's something I can't do for sure long term. So that's why I always give a shout out to tele nurses, med surge nurses, because I can't do it. Like I know some people can't do ICU, but I could do ICU. So let me just do ICU. And it always feels so good to not get floated. Just because tele, med surge, there's just too much. Too much going on and nothing ever goes my way. Because in the ICU, I'm sure you, you can relate, you come up with like a schedule and you follow that schedule because patients are intubated, sedated, they're on, they're on your time. It's organized mm -hmm. chaos. It's or, yeah, exactly. It's organized oh, yeah. chaos. But you, it's organized chaos where the organization part is is you knowing what to do and exactly, exactly what's, what's going to happen. So you know when you're going to give meds, you know that blood pressure is off, you know the heart rate is elevated, you know exactly what's going on, you know their labs. And in Italian med surge, you, you have nothing to really look at besides 
how the patient physically physically looks. Yeah. It's also funny when you work a med surge floor and somebody tells you they have a stomach ache or a headache. Because you do ICU, you're almost like scratching yourself on the head trying to figure out what intervention can I do for this headache because you're so used to troubleshooting more intense uh, therapies to save lives. Yeah, right. It's like we can't just stick down to NG to suction real quick. You know, yeah. we got to do we got to do lighter measures. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway transitioning from nursing school to being a cardiac ICU nurse? Uh, I don't know anything. Like, like nursing school... I felt like I didn't know anything then. And then like it, it sets you up to pass the boards, obviously. But then like once once you step foot on the floor, like it you're you're below the starting level. Like just to get to the surface, like you you have to put in so much work. Um luckily my preceptors, they all did a phenomenal job at kind of guiding me. Mm. Um but just understanding, like, you don't know anything. That that was eye-opening. I mean, uh, my partner started in the cardiac ICU at a different hospital. And just hearing the stories that she had, like, just set me up to, like, I had no ego. Like, I'm coming in here completely green, and I don't know anything. That's the, the biggest thing um, that I took away. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you completely come in green. It takes away your ego. Because if you let your ego to get get involved in this, especially in a cardiac ICU, if you don't ask the right questions quick enough, people are gonna die. So it really gives you gives you like a swift kick in the ass. It really gives you like a check into to life because you're just like, oh shit, it's I'm not just focusing on me right now. And if something goes wrong, the negative thing doesn't happen to me; it happens to somebody else, and that could result result in death. So definitely, you gotta put that ego aside, hundred percent. What's been your biggest struggle being a new grad in the ICU? Um, like there's uh, so many, um, let's list a like, few, <laughs> uh, like dealing with the family. Like, uh, you don't really think about that, like starting, uh, as a nurse, like dealing with the family, the phone calls from the family, obviously you gotta give someone updates, but like managing that, managing how you go about your shift and then just goes back to time management like what you like things have to be done at certain times uh we deal uh a lot with soda law and like you you got to give that at nine and nine and you got to get ekgs if you're getting if you're starting them on that uh, and like how do you set yourself up for success during that mm. uh shift essentially so definitely family time management um uh no what's the priority like uh my preceptor milana she she always asked me okay so like what what's the priority who's the priority patient at this time like that's what you have to continuously ask yourself uh like in periods throughout the shift okay what's the priority who needs this when can i give this just it's a lot of organization controlled chaos like you mentioned i like how you mentioned the the accountability of knowing when to switch your priorities because when you're precepting somebody and you're telling them what to prioritize and they don't they don't critically think about that that makes you a dangerous nurse because you have to continuously be assessing that just like you said you have you have to hang blood in one unit or in one room i should say and the other room has dry drips like a levo you got to switch your prioritization for five minutes and go take care of that 
Then a phone call comes in. You have to just know when to pick up the phone, when to tell the family, I'll call back in half an hour, and hopefully you remember you set your phone on onto it. So definitely things that they don't teach you in nursing school that are your biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. So I wish we had like a revamped system of having surveys to tell nursing schools how to better prepare nursing students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough because... As a as a new grad, it's it's harder for you to for you to do that. But later on, as your career, hopefully you could you could learn it because both both are important. It's just yeah, it's just some things you just like with everything else. You can't learn everything up front. You have to learn it through going through the motions. It's just some nurses don't always pick up on like these fundamental things like like priority, and it is a little frustrating sometimes, especially if you're if you're precepting or if you're just working with that nurse that you know her drips always run dry or her arms are always going off because That's she's doing something else. Yeah. Yeah, but the family one that you mentioned is, is huge because nursing school doesn't teach you about the family at all. You maybe have like a leadership class or maybe in theory you you go through like the values of communication, things like that. But that's nothing you could, you could learn in class in book. A book's not going to be able to tell you how to talk to a family. And it's crazy because I had a patient my last shift that came into the hospital, AFib, RVR, shortness of breath, and... Then when we extubated him, I was talking to him, asking him why he thinks he came to the hospital and, and all that, and he wasn't sure. And then I asked him if, if he does drugs, and he told me he doesn't do drugs. But then I told him that his drug should came back positive for these X amount of drugs, and we talked about it for a little bit, and I asked him if his family knew. He said the family doesn't know, and he doesn't want the family knowing. So like, how are you going to teach somebody that in nursing school, where you have to speak to the family, but... The patient's wishes were for you to not mention his drug use, and he doesn't want them knowing. So it's a crazy concept like that where you know what got him to his hospital, and a family's asking why he came to the hospital, and you know why, but you can't tell him. So that's like a crazy concept that you're going to learn as a nurse. You can't learn that in nursing school because technically you're almost lying in a sense. But then if you, if you do tell the truth to the family, then you're going against the patient's wishes. So it's like a crazy ethical dilemma in, in a sense. Like that thing, you're never going to learn in a book. It's something that you have to just go through the motions and just deal with it as, as it arises. And it's, and it's scary. So, so it's, it's fair to say. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. That like uh, there was a point in my orientation where I I just didn't know like a family member would call in give me uh, and they wanted updates. I literally just asked my preceptor. I was like, like, what do I say? Like, And I still use it to this day. Like my Milana, uh, she basically said like tell them what is currently happening like what we're doing to help and that we are taking care of them as best as we can right now and like that like just framework just sets you up to be able to communicate the facts and keep you from saying too much or too little and because like sometimes it could come back and bite you in the mm-hmm. butt when the family does come in so just like having like a framework or a, like something to refer back to for communication because mm-hmm. these families are like these are super sick people and like communication is like the golden ticket in that kind of sense. I think that's a great tip for anybody that's new that's trying to get into nursing or the ICU because communication is also bounces back to the doctor how you have to communicate with them and sometimes they have wishes and orders they want to put in that you have to go against and explain why or doctors you call them at night and they get pissed off and they scream at you and you have to learn how to communicate around those 
different emotions and things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's I think that's what also makes nurses so badass. Like we're just so versatile in our roles with what we're doing, communication, patient care, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And that whole dynamic just creates a lot of stress in our lives. And one big thing is that we stress about on the podcast is not taking your work home. So what's one way that you've uh, realized to find balance in the, the work-life balance? Uh, definitely. Uh, for me, at least, uh, just working out. Like Fitness is a huge passion of mine. Um, I played college baseball, like I said, and I competed a little bit in uh, CrossFit um, before I went to nursing school. But just like understanding the stresses of work do carry over to your daily life. And I definitely learned that different types of exercises don't help me when I'm working. So like the high intensity stuff um, just made me have injuries. I was always like very low energy. So I've kind of transitioned how I train to more like aerobic stuff, like running, biking. Um, That seems to help me quite a bit. And I kind of use that as like a meditation too, because I just go like steady state aerobic stuff heart rate under like 150 and i either like i did a lot of studying so like different topics of like patients that we see i'll use that time to kind of learn listen to a podcast or um just listen to my breath essentially Mm. and it's it's like meditation for me does your girlfriend do the same thing uh like cross it yeah like uh, because she's a nurse too correct yeah, yeah, she's in the uh, uh, she's now in pediatric mm. cardiology. Okay, that's cool. So the, does she unwind like the same way you unwind with exercise and working out just to keep keep like those work demons at bay? Yeah, she does a little bit. Um, she just more so plays video games mm. just to take her mind off of stuff, or she'll she'll paint or uh, do stuff with her hands, like create stuff. She's a she's very hands on, crafty type. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And yeah, so you played baseball. So that's why it was easy for you to transition over, over to it. Um, how do you like manage your time in that case? Cause CrossFit and working out does take a lot of time. Do you work out every day, every other day? And then do you do nights or days right now? I flip flop um, and our unit's pretty short right now. So I, I could like easily flip flop in the same week. So, yeah. um, our lives are crazy. And I also don't think new grads, like I'm still learning too. like, like just your schedule is hectic. And that's uh, something that I'm starting to understand. And I'm coming up on a year. Mm. Like I didn't know how to kind of schedule my workouts, um, how to schedule like time just for myself. I'm like just starting to understand what works for me. Mm. And I think that was hard just because it just takes time with just like with everything else. But to answer your question, I, I mainly, if I'm working like a stretch of days, it's hard for me to wake up that early to get a, a run in or something. Um, so I usually, if I'm working days, I will just work. Like those will be like my off days. Um, when I got a stretch of a couple of days off, um, usually come the, the next day after I work, I'll do something like a, like a five mile run or something like that, just to kind of wash work out of me essentially. And then I'll lift or like do some biking or something like that. So, um, it varies. I'm still learning. 
um, with the sun coming out finally in Ohio, like it's nice to get out in the wilderness and like go on some trail runs or something. But when it's dark and gloomy, which is most of the year, I'm, I'm down in the basement riding my bike. As a new grad, do you recommend somebody to work days or nights in your experience? Um, at first I did not like days. It was too crazy. Like I couldn't grasp like learning from my preceptor, managing what's going on just for like, um, like procedures or anything like that. But obviously it's day shift. So like you, it's a normal sleep schedule. Um, nights, there is a little bit more downtime. So like I, I was able to think a little more critically and like, like do a little research on like what this patient is like, what, what's happening to the patient. Um, the sleep schedule is just crazy though. It's, it throws me out of whack. I'm an early person, like, but the night stuff is, you get that like drunk feeling around 4 a.m. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Just a little foggy. Get the morning laughies and and all that good stuff. I'll, I'm also curious because you you and your girlfriend are both nurses. Do you feel like being in a relationship in the same profession is a positive or a negative? And how have how has your experience been overall? Have you guys been working opposite shifts where you guys barely see each other, or do you guys try to line your schedule to find time for each other? Because you said life is crazy right now. Oh yeah. Um, with like school, we also have a, a puppy, Cora. She's a little wine whiner. She's crazy as just like her breed is high energy, but, uh, um, like we, I think it's a, for us at least, it's definitely a positive because we understand what the other is going through. Like if one of us has a super shitty shift, like we come home, we kind of like talk it out. Like what happened? We like bent for about five minutes, and then after that five minutes, like it's in the past. Like just turn the page. Awesome. Um, but I've also like I I only know one side, so um, I could see it being pretty difficult. Say if someone's working a, a nine to five job while their partner's working as a nurse, like I could see like like you could butt heads pretty mm-hmm. easily, just because one person may not understand the stresses of having a nurse as a partner. Um, but again, it goes back to communication. Like I, I think one, I would not have been able to talk to you guys like this before nursing school. I was super like, like closed out from everyone. Um, it, it definitely communication is a huge thing mm-hmm. in life and in nursing. Yeah, it's it's cool today. You're you're dating a nurse. You you could relate to it and at least so like a fund a very good fundamental fundamental love when you could share your stories and you both understand. Because Matt and I, um, we talk about work all the time too. So we just we just get off work and we're just like, man, I had this this person, this this and this because it it was stressful. So it's like a lot of things. It's a lot easier to get that stress out of your mind if you talk about it. Like that's like a big lesson to life. If you have a significant other or somebody, or if you're just frustrated about about something, just talking about it just releases that that stress and frustration for, for some reason. It's almost like yeah. like you're releasing your, your thoughts out in, into the world and then now they're in the world and not in your brain anymore. Yeah, and I think with somebody that's a non-medical professional, it's just important for the other spouse to be there and listen, just like you said. 
actively communicate because if you have a spouse, you're not going to throw jargon at her that you were titrating Levo and something happened. But at least you can share your stress mm. to where she hears you out. And then she or he can use the love language to calm me down. So just like you say, you could flip the page and carry on. And, and it's important for, that's with any actually work mm. career, be, being able to turn that switch off. I don't know if you first started with nursing where it's so stressed out where you carry that over. And did you have like a switch as a new grad where you said, okay, I need to stop taking my work home. This is bringing stress on to my relationships. Um, I mean, with like the competitive like background I've had, um, I, I've been taught that like once the game is done, like it's on to the next one. For me, at least, like uh, baseball is a game of failure anyway. So um, each at bat, like that's one at bat. That's one game. Like our season is super long. Um, I think I can compartmentalize pretty well. Uh, where others may need to kind of figure out like is journaling or having a event session for 10 minutes with someone that they love. Like again, it's a whole learning process. Um, Like you said, like when you speak, you're getting the thoughts out of your head. Uh, I I think journaling could also benefit someone who doesn't have a partner or doesn't necessarily have someone to talk to. Mm -hmm or to vent to, uh, journaling is a huge, um, tool. Mm. Definitely. I feel that men are definitely more successful with leaving the job stuff at work than, than women. It's probably cause they're more emotional cause majority of every dude I talk to, that's a nurse. And I ask him, Hey, do you have any issues bringing your, your baggage from work to home? They never really say, yeah, everyone already has, has a pretty, pretty fairly down. I'm kind of curious why that has to happen. Or why, why that happens? Because does your girlfriend struggle with it? Does she bring a lot of lot of baggage home from work, or is she able to no, kind of just, like, just vent and get it she, off? Yeah, when she was uh, an adult, like in the, in her cardiac ICU, she would come back like she would come back with some stories, and mainly I I would then start asking questions to like try to learn and maybe like deflect some of that stress that she had, um, and kind of just make a teaching moment for me, mm. like before I started on the floor um kind of deflect uh the stress that she has and have her kind of take her mind off of it and explain like why why something was happening or something like that so um but no she's she's in a nice place now with pediatrics nice i'm so jealous of her (laughs) since we're on the uh, role of males in nursing how has your experience been as a male nurse navigating a female dominant profession um, I mean, I was an aide too, so I was like the common, uh, like the comments that patients make, like, oh, like, uh, doctor, they'll call me doctor, and I'm like, oh, no, sorry, like, I'm glad I could fool you though, <laughs> like, at least I, at least I looked apart, but, um, just like those comments, um, I've had people say, like, I shouldn't be a nurse, or like, they're, patients come in and say like, Oh, like, why are you my nurse? I'm here for the ladies. And it's like, no, like you're here to get like help. Like, uh, you're not here to, to be looking at the nurses like that. Um, like learning how to shut down patients that are negatively thinking like it, you should be, you shouldn't be a nurse since you're a guy. Um, just like kind of stuff like that. Otherwise, most of the time, 
I think most of my patients that I take care of, they don't really care. Mm. I mean, every, every once in a while, there's always those bad apples. But how's yeah. how's like the unit environment though? How's that? How does how do you like approach that? Do you feel like weird there or, or anything like that? Or are, are a lot of women a caddy around you? Uh, not really. Uh, I I like I don't tend to like try to get into drama anyways. Mm. So like I, I keep my mouth shut. Like I'm there I'm there to work. So um, most of the time, every once in a while, I'll well I should say now that I'm starting to get uh, used to the unit, I'm starting to open up a little bit more. Like yeah, like. Uh, some more small talk happens, but I'm definitely not um, one for drama or to uh, like talk smack about anyone like that, or I try not to be. Um, but I just, sometimes I like listening. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, 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 like chart <laughs> and just like keep my mouth shut, act like I'm doing something and just like listen. So it's, I like to stay quiet. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's... Lay low. Yeah, it's, a, there, it's another dude thing. Dudes never really start drama on the unit. It's always the woman starting drama. And it's, and it's funny because I do the same thing. Sometimes when there's like drama going on, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get into it, but it's also just... I'm just curious at what they have to say. You know, so I, I just think that I just chart quietly and have them talk. I'm just listening because some of it, I just, I just like think to myself, and it's like, why? Is this really that big of a deal? Like, is this something that you have to, you know, talk shit about somebody for? Like, it's just so, something so small. And it, it, it's just funny to see women do that sometimes. It just, it's almost amusing. If it, if it, like, starts to get, like, too personal or anything, I just get up and leave. <laughs> like, like it, most of the time, if, if I've been there too long or, like, I start hearing stuff that I don't want to hear, like, I'll just get up and leave and go somewhere else. Especially if somebody's looping in the same thought the whole time. Mm. So, as a new grad, what are some things that you would – if you had the power to change maybe a few things on a unit or in healthcare itself, what would the things be? That's a good question. Um, uh, I think, like, I don't know. Did you guys have like a residency program, like as a new grad? For uh, one year. Yeah. My, For one year. I had three months of orientation. Yeah. So like, uh, when I started, we have like uh, a residency program. It's, it's cool. Um, but I wish there was more hands-on stuff with the residency program, like specific to your unit, or in nursing school, um, getting just more hands-on at clinical, where it, for me at least, there was a lot of paperwork. Um, you you got to like look up all the meds and like understand, like obviously you need to understand the meds, but I feel like in nursing school, if you just let the students follow the nurses and like get their hands dirty, I feel like that carries over so much more than doing stupid care plans or whatever. So I think in that aspect, just getting more exposure. Yeah, good good point because I felt the I felt the same way. I probably took away more things from a clinical when I was in nursing school than actual theory itself because theory doesn't really prepare you for for much of the real real world. Yeah, it helps you memorize theories and different kinds of different ideas. Of course, pharmacology helps a lot too, but a lot of the other, other stuff, it's just there, just like you said, for the NCLEX, for you, for you to pass this, this giant uh, board's exam. And the rest of it doesn't really translate much to, to nursing, like, like the care plans. Like you, you have to do care plans, right? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I hated every moment of it. Yeah, and it it doesn't it just it just takes up so much time that it could have been used somewhere else. I'd much prefer to I I much prefer nursing school be composed of let's just say one day less of school and one more clinical. So instead of going to clinical once a week, maybe twice a week, because you will learn a, a lot more. And plus, sometimes these instructors they're so focused on a theory aspect where they don't allow you to really see the full clinical aspect of actual nursing. They make you look up all these diseases, all these drugs, all these concepts that once again is preparing you for for the NCLEX because you're going to need to, going to, need to know this for the NCLEX instead of giving you the, the, the full uh, clinical experience. So that, that's the big thing. I feel like, like, yeah, if we can make a push for that kind of change where you may be more clinical, less theory, that'll probably help out a lot, a lot of nurses. Yeah, and also a lot of things are fragmented. So you have to know about the meds or doing this, but it's never, in nursing school, it's never the full picture put together of how you should be operating as a nurse and running your shift, just like you mentioned. I feel like that's the gap where it doesn't prepare you, where you know your meds so well, but what's the, that critical thinking component where you're prioritizing or the the motions of maybe you should look at your orders. I feel like that could mm. uh, be a lot more hands-on involved because mm. ultimately those are like the cheat sheets into working as a nurse that can help you so much. Mm. I totally agree. Also, my question was, is there anything that you always keep with you uh, in the ICU or you always use that you always have on you besides like a stethoscope or anything like that? Um, I uh, One of you guys posted like, what do you keep in your like nurse's bag? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually keep, uh, this is a crazy story, but uh, a, a marathon medal mm-hmm. that I, I was helping a gym member that I coach at, she was running the Boston Marathon virtually during COVID. And I was only supposed to run like a, a length of uh, the marathon. I ended up running the whole thing. But she made me this this medal, like a custom medal. That's a, it was my first marathon that I ever ran. And um, I keep that with, I keep that thing with me all the time just because it's a nice little reminder. Like I can do a lot more mm-hmm. than uh, than I think I can. Um, so that's like a little thing, but nursing wise, are you asking like nursing specific? No, just exactly what you just said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's also this thing. It's, a. I it came in like some package for like, it's a little like measuring thing to make sure that, or a leveler, it's a little tiny leveler like this big. Um, and I've kept that thing through nursing school and my little joke is that it keeps me balanced Mm. it's just like a little reminder keep stay balanced and there's been a few times where i'll i'll bring it out like for my classmates and just like put it on their shoulder and they're like what the hell are you doing and i just stay balanced like like this is totally fine no worries to stress out like you don't need to be worrying about that it's just like this little knickknack i love that's like a little mantra for yourself to just give a little dose of positivity wherever you need it oh yeah, yeah. and i also have uh i don't know if you can see a little tattoo it says be like water and yeah, there you go it's a, it's a bruce lee quote um and that was from one of my college coaches um i was just struggling a little bit he get he gave me the entire speech that uh bruce lee said about being be like water uh and that stuck with me all through, all through nursing school and everything. And uh, my partner and I got it tattooed on us 
right here so that we can see it right on our forearm. So like during the shift, like if we're, if we're stressed out or anything, it's just a little, little reminder. I like that. I like how it's meaningful. Oh yeah. What else do what do you uh, enjoy doing in your free time when you're not being a nurse and you have a different identity when you're just James? Um, I mean, I, like all nurses, like we, we got a little like side, side jobs and all that. So I, I coach, uh, CrossFit, I'm a certified trainer. So I coach at Burning River CrossFit in Ohio. Um, so I'll, I'll coach a few classes a week. Um, I also got set up, um, with a baseball academy down there too, a couple years ago. So I coach a little bit of baseball as well. So just keeping busy. And then I got school right now. So mm. I'm grinding out assignments every week. But other than that, uh, I go on runs with my dog, um, get, try to get outside as much as possible. I hate being locked up in the, in the hospital when it's super nice out. Mm. Yes, for sure. Being a coach, what's like something that you feel like everybody could could work on? Like sh- strength, flexibility, anything like that that you find that a lot of people are lacking? Um, well, funny that you brought that up. Like I've kind of transitioned my training to kind of help out with like common injuries that nurses have. So like the back issues, the, the, the rounded shoulders, like all that kind of stuff. So I've been focusing a lot on deadlifting and a lot of upper back work just to like stay ahead of that. And I found that has helped me. Like I don't have back pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, my shoulders, like I've broken this collarbone before, but, and this shoulder's always given me issues, but uh, the upper back stuff, just the posture, like working the muscles that keep your posture strong. Mm-hmm is has benefited me a big time but i would say just i would say strength for sure like you can always be stronger um obviously flexibility everything takes time but i think if people were just a little bit stronger just messed around with some weights every once in a while it would carry over and benefit you in in your life I agree. Even in nursing, so when you're doing those lifts, man, I feel bad for some nurses that are literally half our size, and they're doing, uh, they're pulling out patients that are 300 pounds multiple times a shift. It does le- put a toll on you. Even mm-hmm. when you're lazy, sometimes you don't want to put up your bed all the way. You're just flushing, but you're bending over 10 times an hour, and that just adds on every right. single shift. And you feel it sometimes. I agree. Having oh, strength yeah. and posture is important. Yeah, especially like. A lot of people don't really know, but like we do sit down quite a bit, like charting and all that. And uh, I always put the chair all the way down. So that way the computer is a little bit higher rather than like you being above the computer and like you're just like typing like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like just little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, we should do a nursing. I'm, I'm quirky like that. Yeah. We should do a nursing research study how sitting is a new smoking. So maybe across healthcare and all the hospitals we could have some standing desks so we actually could switch it up and stand for a bit because sometimes you're charting for an over an hour and that's not good for your mm-hmm. back yeah yeah like we have uh those wows or uh whatever those are in the rooms but like when like sometimes you just want to get out of that room mm-hmm. 
and like you go and like you sit down and definitely like my hip flexors and so as get super tight mm. um especially on night shift when i mean middle of the night you don't really want to do anything but the standing desk that would be pretty legit mm. yeah is there anything uh, else you're interested in, like any kind of books or podcasts that you listen to um i did mention um the the why we sleep mm. um but i think his name is matt walker um and then another one uh chop wood carry water um that's by joshua metcalf mm. And that's based, I don't know. Have you guys read that one? No, no. But if you could show us the biggest takeaway or summary, that'd be great. So it's a small book. It's an easy read. Um, I actually heard it from Steffi Cohen. She's a power lifter. Um, it's a tiny book. It's about this dude that is super interested in becoming a, a samurai, samurai archer. So he like, I guess, moves over to Japan, starts learning from uh, these samurai masters how to become an archer and Basically, there's each chapter is maybe like one or two pages, and it's just like these little, um, like lessons, I guess. So it's by Joshua Metcalf. It's basically this, uh, the main character, he goes over to Japan to become a samurai archer, and um, each chapter, it's a tiny book, um, each chapter is basically like a, a life lesson, but um, basically it's, to become a master at a craft, like it takes time. So the entire book, this guy, it takes 10 years to become a samurai archer. And obviously he wants it at that very moment when he steps foot on that, um, like the training center or whatever. Um, so one of the, one of the lessons is chop wood, carry water. So like putting in the, the work every single day, chopping wood, carrying water, because that's what, uh, they had to do uh, day in and day out with literally chop wood, carry it to their, um, I think it's like a, like their little headquarters, and then carry water for them to use as well. So it's like day in and day out, you have to put the work in, you have to put the work in. And obviously, there's, he goes through some rough patches. He obviously wants that instant gratification, but at the end, he obviously realizes It's cool. It's like a book about grit and compound interest of doing the work daily. So before we end the show, there's one last question that we ask all of our guests. So if you had the opportunity to have a cup of coffee one last time with anybody, who would it be and why? Uh, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Why is that? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's real cool. Yeah. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. 
James, where can people find you? Um, I mean, uh, Instagram. Uh, if they really, really want to just watch me deadlift and see pictures of my little puppy, um, I'm I'm definitely no uh, social media like star or anything like that. But if they want to follow me, James Atano, just straight through James Atano, J A M E S H A T A N O. Awesome. Thank you so much, James. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Hopefully, this helps some new grads that are looking for the ICU or ER or any type of specialty. Sure. I think it definitely will. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.